D F S. It is Friday, December 23rd here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our week 16 DFS show. I'm your host, Matt Schaff. With me, as always, is Jared Smola. Jared, second straight week where we're combining FanDuel and DraftKings into one show. We will be back after this for the live drafting show on both Underdog and Sleeper. This is an interesting DFS main slate this week because it's on Saturday instead of Sunday, obviously because of Christmas. It's leaving six games out of it. We, of course, had Jaguars-Jets last night. We've got Raiders-Steelers on Saturday night. Sunday, we've got Packers-Dolphins, Broncos-Rams, Bucks-Cardinals. Monday night, Chargers against Nick Foles. So that's 12 missing teams. That matches what we would get in a six-team bye week. Yeah, and then... You know, the weather knocks some games out as far as like, you know, stacking up passing games. There are games that just crappy offenses that I think you don't want a whole lot to do with. So it feels like a tight slate. I think ownership is going to be pretty condensed. I think it's also a slate where like to me, there are like three or four guys that have like massive upside. And like my my thing is I, I want to try to get like two of those guys in a lot of my lineups and then kind of, you know, see, see what I can can fit around them. We will get to who those guys are and exactly what positions we're talking about. But we'll start with quarterback for cash. And on DraftKings, I think you know, Geno Smith jumps out to me at 5,800 bucks. It's going to be very cold for this game, but it sits just a half point short of the week's highest game total by the Vegas numbers. The wind doesn't look like it'll be a factor. So I'm going to lean toward trusting the passing game here. Chiefs are favored by 10, so it's a great spot to increase the passing volume for the Seahawks chiefs opponents have the fifth highest pass rate over expected for the season. Kenneth Walker is hurt. He's questionable after not practicing all week. Gino leads the league in completion rate. So, I mean, good quarterback playing well, even though he doesn't have Tyler Lockett, it's a good spot for upside. I think he's a fairly easy cash play of 5,800. So I, I love Gino. He's my main uh, target in tournaments. Um, I'm actually going to play Gardner Minshew in cash though for the thousand dollar savings. You know, eight hundred dollar quarterback. Like I'll I'll consider most forty eight hundred dollar quarterbacks. And this is an NFL caliber quarterback. Like maybe he's not starter level, but he's a good backup. I think in this situation behind one of the best old lines in the league with these weapons. I um, mean, we we, sh- we saw Gardner Minshew start two games last year for the Eagles, and he he threw two touchdowns in both of those games. Neither had A.J. Brown. The, the second one, they pulled starters. Like, Devonta Smith only played, like, a like a quarter of the snaps in that game. So, and, and you know, we don't have to worry about weather in this game. It's in Dallas. Um, and as we've talked about, as we've talked about on yesterday's show, um, Dallas's pass defense has not been as strong lately. They're missing a couple of their corners. They're just 15th in football outsiders pass defense DVOA over the past five weeks now. So, you know, Minshew – even versus Geno Smith, an extra thousand dollars. That that is what lets you get in um, two of these high price guys. We're going to talk about. Yes, I I agree with that, and I won't fight playing Gardner Minshew. And you know, quite possibly once I go to build it, maybe that thousand bucks will be worth it for going down to Minshew. Daniel Jones also in play at fifty six hundred. If you want to avoid the cold with Geno Smith, and you don't want to go all the way down to Gardner Minshew at forty eight hundred on FanDuel, Geno Smith does not stand out as a value as much. He's fourth in our dollars per point there, behind the two nine k quarterbacks and Justin Fields. Fields just two hundred dollars more in salary than Gino here. And, you know, conditions aren't going to be great for football in Chicago, but they are at least conditions that should favor running over passing. So I think that keeps the floor there for Justin Fields. I am cool with him there. I'm still cool with Geno Smith, and I'm still cool with $7,400 Daniel Jones, but Gardner Minshew might factor in there as well. 
Yeah, it's Fields for me on Fanduel. I just think that's too cheap a price tag. I know the weather's not going to be great. The matchup isn't great. But like you said, the, the weather matters less for Fields. He has 21-plus Fanduel points in seven straight games now. And we did get back to He had 10 designed runs last week. We talked about his design runs being down the prior game because of the shoulder injury. But he was back to a full go there. So I, I just think his floor for cash, um, maybe it's not a ceiling game for Fields, but I, I don't think he's going to kill you at 7800 bucks. And for what it's worth, among the rushing lines available on the DraftKings Sportsbook right now, which does not include Derrick Henry, there's no line for him there right now. But among those that are there, which is for most games, Justin Fields is fourth among all players in rushing yards behind only Josh Jacobs, Christian McCaffrey, and Dalvin Cook. So wow. Vegas is not too worried about him being limited. That's, uh, that's good to hear. On the GPP side, I think Minshew is going to be popular on both sites for this particular format. And for me, that makes him a fade. What about you? I'm going to fade him too. And I get why he's popular because, again, there are these high-priced doves we want to fit this week. And Minshew lets you get those in. Um, But as much as I like him for cash, I don't see him putting up like 28 DraftKings points, which I still think you're probably going to need from your quarterback to win, even if he's as cheap as Minshew is. Now, of course, we have a slate wrecker, at least one at running back. So if that's the guy that you need to have, maybe you don't need to have a 30 point quarterback. And yeah, I wouldn't call him a full fade because of the salary space that he gives you and where he Mm -hmm. lets you differentiate everywhere else. So it's somebody that I would fade a bit, uh, still probably get a little bit just to get that roster flexibility. Yeah. If I was a guy who make, you know, 50 plus lineups, I would have some Minshew, but I usually make, you know, three or four. And I, I don't think I'm going to have a Minshew team in tournaments. I agree with that. Um, yeah. And I would say looking at the ownership too, give me Jared Goff at a quarter of the ownership of, of Gardner Minshew in a large yep. field tournament. Geno Smith is about half of Gardner Minshew's current um, projection for ownership. Dak Prescott is about half the ownership in that same matchup. So you could play Dak Prescott at a much lower ownership rate. I mean, obviously the salary is higher, but I doubt that many people would say that Gardner Minshew beats Dak Prescott on either floor or ceiling yep. for fantasy production. You can also put in the Eagles pass catchers that the Gardner Minshew lineups will have here. You know, obviously not all of them, but grab one of those guys, or you could pair him with Miles Sanders and get further leverage off of the Gardner Minshew lineups because Miles Sanders is currently projected for lower ownership than Gardner Minshew on both of these sites. Yeah. Sanders is one of my favorite tournament plays at running back for that reason. Just hoping, you know, the Eagles go run heavy, you know, Jalen Hurts has been this team's top goal line back. So with him out of the picture, like that work should got, now go to Sanders. So I, I think you can, you can argue that no Jalen Hurts is actually good news for Miles Sanders' fantasy value. And, you know, that's not reflected in the ownership projections yeah. at this point. So I definitely like that idea. Um, again, I'm, I'm really focusing on the Seahawks-Chiefs game for tournaments, both sides of it. You know, the, the, the Seahawks side is much cheaper. You can fit in a lot more around it. But I think the Mahomes, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster, if you just look at our dollars per point rankings, You'll just find a lot of Seahawks and Chief guy, Chiefs guys up there. You know, DK Metcalf, Marquise Goodman, Noah Fant, Juju Smith-Schuster is up there. You know, Travis Kelsey, even at his price tag, is, you know, in the top eight or so tight end. So I just think that game is a natural stack. And it actually looks like the Giants-Vikings game is attracting as much tournament attention, if not more. And I, I would much rather play this Chiefs-Seahawks game, especially at the price tags on these guys. I think it's understandable to get that kind of attention given the yep. cold temps for that Kansas City game. Um, you know, it, it, there's bad weather all over the place. So here you get already an upside matchup because of yeah. how bad the Vikings defense has been and an indoor matchup, at least as important this week. Yeah, the um, the, the Chiefs 
Seahawks game is supposed to be cold, but not very windy. So I don't think the weather is going to have much of an impact on that game. I'm trying to figure out what to do with Daniel Jones, though, because I do like him in this spot at the price tag. But you know, he's projected to be you know one of, if not the highest owned quarterback. So yeah, that 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 feels like a bad tournament play to play ch- chalky Daniel Jones. I agree because I think he's a I think he's a good bet for floor this week, but he's not a good ceiling bet. They have a garbage passing game. I mean, a yeah. good day for him is 230 yards with two touchdowns, and even if he runs for 70 and a score, that's not a, a tournament winning score. I mean, obviously that's a terrific score, and you wouldn't complain if you get it. But the ceiling for Daniel Jones just doesn't match the other guys that you could put at that position. Yeah, I was looking through his DraftKings totals uh, this morning, and most of his games are like, you know, 18 to 20 DraftKings points. He does have a 32-pointer and a 30-pointer because he scored rushing touchdowns in those games, and I think one of them, he went over 300 yards passing. So, like, it's it's in the range, um, but just weighing the chances he hits, you know, 26 to 30 points versus the ownership, I, I don't really love it for, for Jones in tournaments. Yeah, that's the thing. It's probably probably the wrong way for me to state it, that he doesn't have the ceiling because he has hit 30 a couple of times, but doesn't have as much ceiling potential as Patrick Mahomes or probably yeah. Geno Smith, I think. Agreed. All right, on to running back for cash. And obviously the big first question is Derrick Henry. He leads yeah. our DK dollars per point by a decent margin, despite having an $8,600 salary, second highest at the position, $200 behind Christian McCaffrey. But I mean, we all know why he's up there. Four straight games against the Texans at over 210 yards rushing and two plus touchdowns. Last time, 32 carries, 6.8 yards per rush in the first meeting this year with Malik Willis at quarterback. So like they go in there, already having been dominated three straight times by Derrick Henry with a rookie at quarterback. They know it's coming and they're still like, I can't do anything. He's so big. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm playing Henry in cash. I actually think there are paths to him underwhelming. So which we can get into if you want, I think he's a pretty good tournament fade actually. Um, but I, I'm playing Henry and Christian McCaffrey in cash. And that's kind of why I'm playing Gardner Minshew to get those two guys. And just, I mean, Henry, I think is a, uh, lock for 20 plus carries if he doesn't get hurt in this game but probably a good bet for 25 plus carries he, he also um has two plus catches in six straight games now now maybe that streak is snapped with malik willis under center we'll see but like that the, the titans are clearly looking to get him the ball you know they're designing screen plays for him and stuff to get him the ball in the passing game and then christian mccaffrey 19 carries and seven targets over his last three games um he has 28 plus DraftKings points in all three of those games the matchup isn't great for him against Washington, but you know, I'll just, I'll take my chances on a guy of McCaffrey's talent level getting, you know, 20 to 25 touches. Yeah. He's as matchup proof as any running back is because he is a, he's a running back and a slot receiver. So I'm not worried about the matchup for him. Give me the the paths to Derrick Henry underwhelming in this matchup. Yeah. Well, it's the fact that Malik Willis is under center and, you know, maybe they just won't sustain drives. I mean, their, their implied total dropped um, quite a bit with the, um, you know, Tannehill to Malik Wilson. The Titans are only implied for 19.5 points, you know, against a a Texans defense. And that's the other argument here is that Houston's defense, at least by like DVOA has been better lately. Um, You know, they're, I think they're in the top 10 in rush defense DVOA over the last five weeks. Um, It's not a matchup I'm scared of, but they're definitely playing better than they were when these teams first, you know, met back in week eight. And like at the, at the price tag and ownership on Henry, you need him to go for, probably two touchdowns, honestly, like 150 yards and a touchdown. I'm not sure that's going to be enough to win a tournament this week at his price tag and ownership. 
Yeah, that that's the argument against him. It's not, oh, I'm worried that he might not do that well this week. He's going to do very well, probably, as long as he's yeah. healthy. Obviously, there's always the question of if a guy gets dinged up and the more you carry the ball, the better chance there is that you get dinged up. So, you know, that's the thing is we need so much from him in this one. Like be, because of how many teams are going to have him in a tournament, he has to be the guy that you can't not have to pay off at that ownership yep. rate. So you're basically just, you know, betting on the chance that he's not the weak breaker in that game. And you know, it's always more likely that a guy doesn't completely dominate than that he does. Exactly. I think he's a he's a good bet for 20 plus points, which is why we're playing in cash, but I think it's definitely possible that he doesn't get to like 30, which I think he needs to do for tournaments. Jarek McKinnon is disturbingly comfortable to play yep. at 5900 bucks on DraftKings this week. And he sits right behind Derrick Henry in our dollars per point on DK. And it's a nice pairing because you're like, oh, I got to try to fit Derrick Henry. How am I going to? Oh, there's a $5,900 running back who plays for the Chiefs and is facing the Seahawks this week. That's nice. Yeah, McKinnon's my, my third guy in for DraftKings cash games. Um, he's seventh among running backs and expected PPR points over the last three weeks. Like, you know, he's getting decent ball carrying volume, then awesome work in the passing game, a lot of work, you know, near the goal line. So, you know, it, it feels a bit point chasey to, to play McKinnon after his two massive games, but like the, the usage backs up the production he's had lately. Yeah. I mean, it, there is definitely some point chasing to it, but he is still South of six K in salary. He has been getting a lot of targets lately, even with guys getting healthy. And it's, you know, it's just two games, 17 targets over the past two games, but there have been other eight target games mixed in a six target game against the Rams. So there's enough to justify it. I think for sure. Yeah. I, um, on, uh, yeah. On FanDuel, it's, it's, it's really not possible to play McCaffrey and Derrick Henry on FanDuel, at least not, that I've been able to, to, you know, figure out when I was messing with Lance this morning. So I think you have to pick one of those guys. I like Tony Pollard as a play on FanDuel at 7,700 bucks. Um, even with Zeke back the last five games and then basically splitting work down the middle, Pollard is averaging 14.8 carries and 4.2 targets per game. Uh, you know, Dallas now pretty comfortable home favorites against the Eagles. I do think, you know, that they'll be able to get Pollard his 15 to 20 touches. So I like him as a cash play on FanDuel. And looking at Derrick Henry versus Christian McCaffrey, I agree. You probably have to decide between them more here. Uh, if yeah. you look at the, the the FanDuel dollars per point, Christian McCaffrey's ahead because he's $400 less expensive on here. To me, Derrick Henry's still the one that I'm scared to not play between them, especially with half point yeah. per reception. I just, it, we've got McCaffrey going up a better, against a better defense. You know, I talked about him being matchup proof, but if I have to bet on one team limiting scoring, I think Washington is better equipped to limit scoring than Houston is. So if we're splitting hairs here, I'm just, I'm a little more scared to leave Derrick Henry out of my cash lineup building than I am Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, I'm with you there. I would start with Henry in my cash lineup. But like if I got to the end and I needed the extra 400 bucks, I would have no issue at all dropping down to McCaffrey. I agree with that. In addition to Tony Pollard, who I also have down, Miles Sanders, $7,100, attractive here on FanDuel. I think he should be a safer bet for carries than usual, as you alluded to earlier. He is averaging a solid 15.4 per game for the season. First meeting with Dallas, he had 18, even with Jalen Hurts in there. That was his third most of the season. So I would expect that they'll run the ball plenty in this one. I'm sure we'll get more Boston Scott and Kenneth Gainwell involved, but I don't think that it will come mm -hmm. so much at the expense of Sanders as it will 
replacing the carries that Jalen Hurts would have had in this game with more true running plays as opposed to quarterback running plays. Miles Sanders, I think, you know, has multiple score potential in any game, especially any game that does not include their number one goal line back, as you mentioned earlier. Yeah, for sure. I think Sanders in play for cash on FanDuel. Love him for tournaments on both sides. He's projected for 8% ownership on DraftKings at 6200 bucks, 10% ownership on FanDuel. As I said, you know, Jalen Hurts has accounted for 44% of the Eagles carries inside the 10-yard line, 56% of the carries inside the 5-yard line so far this season. So I think, you know, Sanders probably gains um, touchdown upside with Hurts out. On the tournament side, what are you doing with Derrick Henry? Is he more of a fade or are you going ahead and plowing away? Yeah, I'm definitely going to, I'm not going to full fade him, but I, you know, he's not, he's not going to be in like all my lineups. Um, I think, you know, playing McCaffrey instead of him at slightly lower ownership makes some sense. My, you know, my favorite higher priced running back in tournaments though is Dalvin Cook. And he gives you some leverage off Kirk Cousins, who's going to be popular. Justin Jefferson going to be popular. I'm going to definitely have some Jefferson in lineups too, but um, it's, it's a better matchup for Cook than it is for Minnesota's passing game. The Giants are dead last in football outsiders run defense DVOA over the last five weeks. They're allowing 5.3 yards per carry to running backs over that span. And as we've been saying for a while, you know, Cook has one of the best roles among running backs in fantasy football in terms of snap rate and touches. You know, he, he's been getting 20-plus opportunities in most, most of these games. So I think it's a, it's a great spot for Dalvin Cook. And he is coming in at just um, at least 17% projected on DraftKings, so not super sneaky, but just 11% on FanDuel. Like that, because I like him better on FanDuel than DraftKings anyway. I think J.K. Dobbins is also attractive on FanDuel. 7K, I think he's not cheap enough to be obvious, and he's not expensive enough to be overpriced. Just kind of in a sneaky range with Miles Sanders. The two of them are actually tied for eighth in projected ownership on FanDuel by our numbers right now in the lineup generator. So I like that he's not going to be too highly owned. I love the matchup with Atlanta. He's already gone over 100 yards each of the past two weeks. There's, you know, some risk that he doesn't find the end zone. It's not a good offense. And he's only had the one carry inside the 10 yard line in his two games back. But there's also, I think, a two touchdown ceiling against this team uh, in a game that just it should feature running the entire time. For sure. For sure. Last DraftKings running back play for tournaments DeAndre Swift and you know you mentioned on yesterday's preview pod how you know, he's basically seeing a very similar role to Jarek McKinnon at this point Swift is $400 cheaper than McKinnon on drafting Swift 5,500 bucks he's projected for half the ownership of Jarek McKinnon 14% for McKinnon 7% for DeAndre Swift so to me that that's just a, a nice pivot in tournaments just getting that slight salary discount and a guy who's going to be much less owned with, I, I still think similar upside. Like I know McKinnon the past two weeks has had the massive games, but I still think their, their ceilings are, are, are pretty similar. Yeah. I have the exact same thing down here. I think the difference here is Jarek McKinnon plays in a much better offense. Deandre Swift is a better player and the lions offense is pretty good at this point too. So yeah, I agree. A, a pretty similar player in terms of floor versus ceiling at a cheaper price and much lower ownership this week. I think Dobbins is a little bit less attractive on DraftKings because he has to hit the hundred yard um, yep. bonus to make it there. But you know, there's plenty of upside to hit the hundred yard bonus. He's even sneakier on here at single digit ownership. So he's right. worth considering, not necessarily a, a spotlight play. Yep. Definitely in my um, player pool for tournaments, Dobbins is wide receiver for cash. Can you get Justin Jefferson at $9,300 into the same lineup with Derrick Henry and Christian McCaffrey? No, 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 no. You, you can, play two of the three which I, I think is the big decision um i tend to lean towards the running backs in cash but i mean jefferson's an awesome play i have no issue with him in cash games and i definitely think you should get some exposure to him in tournaments as well 
he tops our dollars per point on both sites this week, despite being on the high end salary. And he, you know, he's that high end guy in salary in production and projected ownership, which um, leads the position here as well. Plenty of low salary options around him though. If you are looking to play Jefferson along with one of those high priced running backs, my favorite of course is Marquise Goodwin at 4,300 across formats on DraftKings this week. So he's yep. basically replacing Tyler Lockett this week. Lockett's mm. tied for 17th among wide receivers in targets for the season. Seahawks just 12th in reception share for their wide receivers in the league, which I was surprised by. I was expecting that number to be a little higher, but I think that points to the concentration of wide receiver targets within that position to DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Obviously Marquise Goodwin is not close to the same level as Tyler Lockett, but it speaks to the opportunity heading his way this week. I already talked about the matchup favoring passing here and, you know, Marquise Goodwin's not a terrific player, but he has managed to stay in the league for nine years. He's averaging 14.3 yards per catch this year at age 32. So he's still a speedster career best yards per target this season with Geno Smith working with the QB leads the league in completion rate. And he does already have three double digit PPR games this season, including two games of 20 plus. Yeah, he's been super efficient this season. 71% catch rate, 14.3 yards per catch. So I'm, I'm, I'm with you with Goodwin in cash on both sides, 4,300. DraftKings, 5,800 Fandula. He's not like my one of my first guys in, but I mean, you know, you need to save salary somewhere. And I think Goodwin makes a lot of sense on both sites. Um, I also like Juju Smith-Schuster for cash on both sites and tournaments, actually. Well, we can get to his ownership on the tournament side, but um, just 5,800 bucks on DraftKings, 7,300 on Fandula. He has 19 catches on 21 targets over his last two games. Um, and d- dating further back, he's averaging 8.3 targets over his last seven full and healthy games to me he's just too cheap for the level of volume he's getting from Patrick Mahomes yeah I agree that Marquise Goodwin is attractive on FanDuel as well 5,800 there but DK Metcalf pops as more of a value on FanDuel by our numbers than he is on DraftKings this week I think he's certainly attractive third in our dollars per point on FanDuel cheapest of the top five wide receivers in that particular category and I mean I like Marquise Goodwin this week there's certainly the chance that Marquise Goodwin gets four targets and Metcalf gets like 15. So I like him at 8K in cash, uh, certainly in tournaments as well if his ownership projection isn't too high, although I think he's also fadeable if that number does creep up over the weekend. For sure, and I, I prefer Metcalf obviously over Goodwin straight up, but um, it, it's 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 not easy to fit Metcalf in these lineups on either site really. Um, Back to the drafting side, I think DJ Moore is underpriced at 5500 bucks. Um, he has a 23% target share from Sam Darnold over the last three weeks. Now he's caught 60% of his targets, averaging 19.6 yards per catch from Darnold over the last three. And he has a good matchup against the Lions. And then a chief guy to consider on Fandle, Darius Slayton at $6,300. Um, you know, six plus targets in six of his last eight games. You know, Again, we like this game environment indoors against Minnesota, and the Vikings are 31st in adjusted fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. Yep. Put him and Marquise Goodwin in the same lineup. You got plenty of salary to spend on yep. those other guys. Yep. Tournament side, what about that uh, ownership rate for uh, Juju Smith-Schuster you alluded to? Yeah, 8% on DraftKings, 9% on FanDuel. I'm not – I don't know. It doesn't – I don't know. I'm su- surprised he's not more popular. He was a guy people liked in the summer a lot. You know, he's the Chiefs number one wideout. He's been productive lately. Um, so I'm hoping he stays down there because he's, you know, one of my favorite tournament plays at this point. Um, Jahan Dotson on DraftKings is 3900 bucks. I know, like, the spot is horrible against San Francisco. I don't think the commanders are going to put up a whole bunch of points. But, um, you know, Dotson has 15 targets over the last two games. He's, you know, scored 16 and, and uh, 23 and a half DraftKings points 
in those games. And I mean, if the, if the nine, if the commanders have any chance of moving the ball, I think it's more in the passing game here. I think you, you could see elevated passing volume if they're playing from behind. So I think Dotson at 3,900 bucks is a nice tournament play that, that uh, frees up a lot of salary. I think he's worth considering. I'm not sure I can get myself to playing anything Washington in like, you know, a, a format where I really need ceiling uh, this week against San Francisco. Yeah. I mean, I think you need what, like 15 points out of him to pay off of that salary. Yeah, I can certainly see the path to him. I wouldn't argue against using him. Um, checking the ownership on DJ Chark because I know that he's at 2% on DraftKings, 3% on FanDuel. I think that's underplaying him this week. Uh, 16% target share this season outside of the negative matchup with the Jets last week. Six plus targets over 90 yards in two straight games before that. I think there's upside to Chark on both sites as a standalone cheap low owned wideout. I think the concern here is you look at the Carolina secondary and JC Horn is easily their best corner. He's moved around the formation this year though. And there have been a couple games where he even played more in the slot than outside. So he's definitely not a lock to be on DJ Chark for even most of the day. Um, I would guess that they'll at least get him on Amon Ross St. Brown some because that's the biggest threat in the Detroit pass offense. So overall, I'm just not downgrading Chark for that individual matchup. And I'm interested because of just how low his ownership rate is here. Yeah, I think he makes sense because of the price tag, the ownership and just his profile is a, is a big play guy. I think, you know, it doesn't take a whole lot of volume for him to pay off. Tight end for cash. I, I mean, I start on FanDuel because Travis Kelsey yeah. is just like always <laughs> atop this board. And it's kind of absurd this week, $145 ahead of TJ Hawkinson in our FanDuel dollars per point, despite costing $2,600 more in FanDuel salary. So, I mean, it's like the two decisions this week are, do I play Derrick Henry? Do I play Travis Kelsey? Yeah, and I, I'd rather play Henry. I mean, it's, it's tough to build a lineup on FanDuel. With, I mean, you, you can't play Henry McCaffrey or Jefferson if you play Kelsey. Um, so I, I'm I'm going to end up not playing him in cash. Definitely try to get to him in tournaments because we know you know the ceiling beats these other tight ends pretty easily. It, it, it isn't. It's it's tough at tight end on both sides, especially Fanduel. I think um, I think T.J. Hawkinson makes sense from a you know safety standpoint, but even he's like six K. He's not super cheap. I think if you want to go super cheap, I do think Daniel Bellinger, forty seven hundred bucks. Like he has five, five and four targets in his last three healthy games. Like, you know, that that's kind of the argument for him at, at that price tag. Yeah, well, and the argument is he's in a high upside situation this week where they should be throwing the ball more than they want to. And the other argument is if you look at the other guys in between uh, Hawkinson and Daniel Bellinger, they're all ugly. Like you're yeah. not passing over attractive tight end plays to get to Daniel Bellinger. If you're going down from Hawkinson at six K, I agree. Might as well go all the way down to 4,700. Daniel Bellinger is very similar to the other tight ends uh, right above him. Yeah. And then on DraftKings, I mean, I, 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 I want to play Noah Fant. We'll see about the knee thing. He's listed as questionable. Only got in one limited practice this week. Uh, Pete Carroll did say he you know, fully expects all, all those questionable guys to play on Saturday. So we'll, you know, we'll see if we get any updates on Noah Fant, but, if he's a full go, thirty four hundred bucks in this matchup, you know, with no Tyler Lockett, I think he makes some sense. And if fans out, I mean, I think I'd end up going to Will Disley, who is twenty seven hundred bucks. I'd, I'd almost, you know, rather play Disley with no fan and get those savings. Yeah, I think Disley is intriguing. Really, either way, twenty seven hundred bucks. If no offense, active, then it's certainly just a tournament play. Probably still a tournament play in Disley. But the Seahawks tight ends have quietly scored the fourth most PPR points in the league. And they're only behind the saints because of Taysom Hills rushing. Without that, 
they would be third in the league in tight end scoring. You don't notice it as much because it's split between Will Disley and Noah Fant, but the value is there. I don't, I can't trust Noah Fant in the lineup, even if he's active this week with that injury, because I don't want to watch him leave my cash lineup early. I think the ownership rate will be high enough on him that he's not going to be sneaky for value in a tournament lineup. So I, I'd, I'd rather lean toward Disley and kind of like cross my fingers that there's no fan for that one. Yeah, that's. I mean, is that a is that an early game? Is that a one o'clocker? I mean, yeah, hopefully we'll. Yeah, it is. I mean, so I mean, we'll we'll know. Yeah, I mean, fans only projected for what four percent, five percent ownership. So I mean, he is he's on my radar for for tournaments too. We'll we'll see if he burns me. I would expect that number to climb as he, like if he's active for the game, because we've spent most of this week uh, he's looking like he's not going to play. Like you said, sure. missing the first two days of practice and then one limited. Um, Bellinger also in play on DK at 3,300. I think he's a safer play in the 3K range than Hayden Hurst or Noah Fant, who are dealing with injuries. And then if you go up to the 4K range, if you want to stay clear of Travis Kelsey, TJ Hawkinson over mm-hmm. Dallas Goddard for me among the 4Ks. Yeah, it's, it's just tough with tight end. There's no, there's no one I feel good about for, for cash at tight end this week. I am going to try to focus on Travis Kelsey for tournaments. Um, you know, he's obviously pricey. It's a challenge to fit him in lineups, but um, he's projected for 14% ownership. Um, I could see him coming in even lower if you know people are trying to get to Derrick Henry and Justin Jefferson. Um, you know, it's tough to get Kelsey in with those guys. So we'll see where he comes in. But I mean, we know he obviously has the highest ceiling. We haven't seen like a huge ceiling game from Kelsey in you know about a month now. Uh, but it, I think it's still there, especially in this matchup. You know, Seattle has been one of, if not the worst, tight end defense for the entire season. Yeah, and they're without one of their safeties this week, Ryan Neal, which certainly isn't going to help things. Defense, the $2,200 Eagles lead our DK dollars yep. per point. That's intriguing, especially for a attorney lineup. Projected to be one of the higher-owned defenses on the week, though. So I, that might affect it because I think part of the attractiveness would be getting a good defense at a lower ownership rate than usual. But I don't think we're going to get that. Yeah, probably not. Um, I, I do think they're in play for cash, though. Um, I would actually start with the Eagles and cash. I, you know, the lineup I'm working with now, I have enough money to actually get up to the Cowboys, who I prefer just straight up over Philly. I mean, you know, again, I think I think um, Gardner Minshew is a quality quarterback. It's it's still an upgrade for Dallas's defense facing Minshew, and Dallas is at its cheapest price since Week Five, um, and they're actually second among main slate defenses in DraftKings points per game. So I, I just think they're they're too cheap. They make sense if you can get there for cash. Yeah, they're priced as though they're facing Jalen Hurts this week. Right. And Gardner Minshew, you know, we all love him, but he's not Jalen Hurts in terms of his scoring upside. So I agree. Down 1,200 in salary from last week. The first meeting with the Eagles, they did allow plenty of points. It wasn't a great fantasy defense week. They had four DK points, I believe, but also sacked Jalen Hurts four times in that game. So if they can catch him four times, they're probably capable of getting to Gardner Minshew a little bit. For sure. If the salary is still there at the end, Baltimore at 3,200 against Desmond Ritter to me is a nice mix of upside, not being too expensive and also not being too highly owned by the current projections. So I think if salaries are go ahead, um, the 49ers are also projected for lower ownership than they should be against the commanders. That's going to be a tougher one to get to. We've talked about all the expensive guys you want to fit in, but you know, if you can, it can be a differentiator. Yeah. Baltimore definitely my favorite higher price defense. And then, there are some other gross, cheap defenses. If you just want to, you know, go cheap but not play the chalky Eagles, um, I think Chicago at bare minimum. I mean, you know, Josh, no, Allen, t- Josh Allen turns the <laughs> Josh Allen turns the ball over. It's going to be crappy conditions there. Uh, I think there's some upside there. Um, Carolina twenty three hundred. I mean, there's talent on that defense. We, the Lions' offense has not been good 
as good on the road this season. And then super gross though, more leverage off Derrick Henry, Houston's defense. Like if by any chance they get out to a lead and, you know, force Malik Willis to have to throw it even like 25 times, like there's upside. And again, Houston's defense has been playing better lately. So just 2,500 bucks for the Texans. Man, it's like I'm watching pimples get popped here. On FanDuel, the Niners sit even higher in our dollars per point. Fourth there, still a little pricey to get there with all those high-priced studs that we're trying to get. Attractive in the 3K range to me over there, the Vikings, 3600 bucks. The Lions, 3900 against yep. the Panthers because it's Sam Darnold. Exactly, I agree. That's going to do it then for this week 16 DFS podcast. Head over to DraftSharks.com. Now you can play around with the lineup generator and build your own lineups for playing on DraftKings, FanDuel, and Yahoo this week. You can also find articles from Jared and Kevin highlighting top picks for cash and GPP entries on both sites this weekend. Um, you can find showdown tips articles. If you like the DFS showdowns, we'll have those. Had the one of those for Thursday night game. We'll have it for the Sunday night and Monday night game as well. Probably not any of the other games on this particular goofy slate. For Jared Small and the rest of the Draft Sharks crew, I'm Matt Schaaf saying thanks so much for swimming with us.